All right, we have a we have a new resident of the disabled list, Sean. Can you tell us about what's going on? Yeah, I mean, I've pretty much spent my whole life on the disabled list, but this is just another another addition to the list of injuries. I just underwent wrist surgery yesterday for a cartilage tear. We're looking at like a six to eight week recovery, and um, I'm on day two, so we're just pumping them out. <laughs> we're on day two. We're watching the days waste away. Oh my god that that calendar probably just the pages are flipping so slowly. Yeah, it, it really are. I'm in midterm season. I just had surgery. I've got papers. I mean, it's just piling up to be the slowest two months of all time. Oh god, you're typing, you're typing midterm papers with one fucking hand. Yeah, I know. Masters weekend really can't come fast enough because that's Masters weekend is probably going to be like right around when I'm fully recovered. So at least I have oh, that that's to look forward to, which is sweet. You should get one of that, um, one of those speech recognition software things. Yeah, I've been trying to look into those like ways I can write essays without typing them because I really just can't use my left hand. I remember in middle school we had our computer lab technician she had like the thickest portuguese accent i couldn't remember if she's from portugal or brazil but she was i was in the computer lab typing up a paper or something like that she's trying to show off the speech recognition it was like the it was the system that uh they used to advertise uh after the patriots games on radio um i forgot what it's called i don't remember that but she's like ah check this out and she's just trying to say all this stuff but it just probably couldn't register. Recognize. Yeah, it probably wasn't, couldn't recognize wasn't her because her because her accent was so thick and she was getting visibly like visibly angry. She was, her face was just turning blood red, and I'm just and I'm trying not to crack up. That's funny. That's good stuff. I mean, yeah, it, it could be a little frustrating sometimes that voice recognition stuff doesn't always yeah. pick it up, and then you got to go back with the cursor and you got to delete it. It's just a it could be a hassle. Oh my God. The way she said, delete, control, alt, delete. (laughs) It lived in my head rent free for a solid two months. Yeah. But let's get on to the golf. It's Bay Hill week. Bay Hill. Arnie's Arnie's place. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I've been watching. I actually watched uh, last night. I was kind of lounging around watching that three part series that the golf channel put up on Arnold Palmer. And man, he was just such an intriguing guy. Like there's really no other way to put it. He really was like one of the most interesting guys. Might've been golf's biggest pimp. Yeah. Yeah. He was a beast. I mean, everyone, everyone loved the guy. Like no one had a bad thing to say about him. Well, apparently he would, when every round that he played, he'd spot, he spot a lady in the crowd. He just, he just point to them and then, you know, they would escort him out. Back to the hotel room. They'd, they'd proceed with their festivities. Yes, they would. <laughs> let's just say the part. Let's just say the party got rocking. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the guy was superstar. Like he I could mean, get anyone, get anyone he wanted to go go back to the hotel room with him. He was getting away with shit that Tiger Woods couldn't get get away with. Yeah, I mean, I mean that but, says that says something. It says it says a lot of things, and that that could be a whole nother podcast. What's yeah. it? it's in itself, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly. But this week is going to be interesting. I was uh, doing a little 
doing a little meteorology work, checking the weather, and the wind could get up again, especially on Sunday. I mean, we saw what happened last year, and it was last year was carnage. I mean, Cheryl, yeah, last year was fun. Cheryl Hatton steered it into the barn on a on a complete temper tantrum. We're kind of getting blessed here, Mike. I mean, we've got a stretch coming up, including last week at concession. And we've we've been big proponents of this. Most golf fans have been big proponents of carnage, of just like we want higher winning scores. We want stuff in the single digits under par, low teens if at most. Yeah. And we're gonna get that. Like concession, more cow ran away with it, but there was there was carnage to be found on that golf course. That, then we that get was... we get Bay Hill. That's going to be tough. We get Honda, the players. Hopefully Augusta plays a lot tougher in the spring. So we got some good, challenging golf courses set up here. How would I describe this stretch? This is the stretch of golf courses that I love watching pros play, but I personally have no desire myself to play. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like I am... If I never play PGA National, I don't think I'm ever losing sleep. No, I I'd actually, you might have to like give me a free round to play PGA National. Like, yeah, I, don't, my friend, I don't think I would pay, pay to play golf there. It would just be frustrating. Yeah, it's way too expensive. You're probably going to get absolutely ejected. You're taking body blows left, right, and center. And, you're, and you could lose like half a dozen balls if you're not on yeah. the game. I mean, here we have last week, WGC, the week before elevated status, this week, elevated status. And then we have what PJ national Valspar masters is coming up in the next few weeks. We're, we're on a, we're truly in the thick of it. Yeah. 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 Can we talk about, uh, Bryson? Oh boy. So, so for those that didn't see Bryson today, he made an attempt. I think it's the sixth hole, right, Mike? The dog leg left par, par five. Yes, it's a it's a goofy hole. It's it's just a literal straight up dog leg left. Like imagine eighteen at Sawgrass. For those of you that haven't seen it, it's eighteen at Sawgrass, but five hundred and fifty five yards in an even harder dog leg, and it's only three forty to actually carry it to the green. And this is a par five, so Bryson. It looked like the, it was a little bit into today, the wind direction, into off the right, maybe. And Bryson yeah. gave it a crack. He came up short. I think a couple times he did it. So but I think the carry is like 340. Yeah, it's 340. The wind is going to switch, though, this week. It's going to switch. It's going to be down off the right, it looks like. So Bryson could really make history by, I mean, this course, they've been playing this tournament at this course for a, a while now. And no yeah. one's ever done this. This could be a, a real statement if Bryson's to drive this green or put it around the green and have be chipping for Albatross. I mean, it's really out. It's insane to think about. So we were talking about this in the group chat, and I, obviously Chris kind of took the stance of this is a fault with the golf course, which I agreed with to a certain extent. I don't think it's a very good hole. I think Bay Hill is sort of an outdated golf course. I, I mean, I think – Frankly, I think all of Arnold Palmer's golf courses, you know, rest in peace. They kind of suck. Let's be real. Yeah, yeah they're not. Um, the only but, one that I know that's really well-regarded is Truly. Is Truly, exactly. And art, and you could even argue that only nine holes of Truly are really lauded. And that's, you know, 5,000 <laughs> miles away from where we are this week and built on some of the most 
impressive land that you can get. So yes, and yeah, here we are in Atlanta, in Orlando, which is essentially Universal Disney and Death's waiting room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. so we're not exactly dealing with what we'd call prime real estate. No, a um, lot of listen, a lot of lot of screened pools down there. Yeah, and I think that can that can expose architects when you have courses that are really on just pretty standard pieces of land like this. Yeah, but the point I was trying to say is Chris was saying that this is a flaw of the golf course, which is true to an extent. And then you said this is fun, and I also said I agree. But you can also have something that is fun but also show that there is a clear problem. Yeah. Yeah. So like, cause, and that's what I'll say. Like in a way I'm kind of rooting for Bryson to drive the green because then sort of everybody will be like, Oh shit, there's a problem. Yeah. Like, but in a way I'm also like saying like, God, this is fucking stupid. I hope he, I hope he snap hooks it all the way into the middle of the lake, 150 yards away. But I also kind of hope he hits it. No, I, I hope he I hope he gets it there. I don't I mean, I don't know if he can hold the green if it's gonna be downwind or whatever, but I hope he hits it online and gets it around the green and has a chip chip at albatross. I think it'll be a statement um that something needs to happen. Like I don't know what it is, but and it's that's open to interpretation. Something needs to happen. Whether that's equipment, whether that's the way we design golf courses, whatever way you look at it, something needs to change. And I think if if this trend continues and you just leave the course as it is and let guys start taking cracks at this green as guys get longer and longer, it's just going to be it's going to be boring. Like it's fun when you have this one time and it's exciting that Bryson could make history. But once the history has been made, then where do you go? Yeah, and I don't want this to boil down to another distance debate because we've already because I don't want to rehash something that we already had. But obviously, the most cost efficient and most logical solution is to to roll back the ball, you know, maybe five percent, and roll back roll back the driver and this, that, and the other. Because here's the thing: it's fun when Bryson does it, but let's say we go ten years down the line, and there's no regulation, there's no rollback, this, that, and the other, and 50 60 percent of the field are doing it it's no uh, fun no i i mean i think that's unrealistic i think in 10 years i think you could see 10 to 15 guys doing it and if it's i think if you have 50 to or if you have the majority of the field going for it at that point it's like well then the whole then everyone can do this like then it's not even a problem anymore because everyone can do it and it's almost fair but once you get like to the point where 10 to 15 to 20 guys can do it and the rest of the field, a hundred guys can't do it. Then that's an issue. Yeah. Because they're at a severe disadvantage there. I know it's a, it's, it's a very complex issue that it is, you know, I mean, obviously we're just, we're just two college kids on a podcast because, you know, we love doing this talking about golf. We don't, we don't claim to have the antidote on, on this entire issue because they're frankly a lot smarter and more qualified people that are definitely talking about this above us. Yeah. Um, but other than that, what, what are some other things that you're watching out for this week? Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the weather. I, I think last year we saw the wind really kick up and the, the course got 
so firm to a point where it was like almost unplayable. Like it was cold too. And it was, it was cold. That was the thing that really kind of pushed things over the edge. Cause when you have wind and you have, and you have the cold, it's fucking brutal. The ball's going nowhere. Yeah. And that place is essentially Bay Hill is essentially just 18 individual strips of grass in a big fucking lake. It's impossible. Uh, let me ask you one. Is, is Ricky in the field this week? Yes. Uh, I, I went to go to the simulator today, and the first thing that popped on the TV was Ricky this, Ricky that, Ricky in his, uh, Ricky in his Arnold Palmer hat, this, that, and the other. Just And, of course, he's, he's back on PGA Tour Live featured groups this week. Ricky Tour Live is back. Wow, that's, that's, a, re- that's a return. Well, I mean, we couldn't have him last week at the WGC because he couldn't fucking hack it. So this is a big week for Ricky because wait before we get into it, can we talk about Faldo putting Ricky in a body bag? Well, that's what I was just gonna say. Faldo absolutely coffined Ricky last or this past week, and Ricky's got to respond. I mean, it is true. Like Ricky, he needs to make something happen here because it's you know slipping away. He's not in WGCs. He's not in. He's not in the Masters, and he could just fall out of being in, involved in major championships in general if he doesn't put it together. Cernick chose violence. He did. Unbelievable. I mean, okay, so it was in response to a Brian Wacker tweet. I think he's he's plugging Golf Digest article. Even if even Ricky Fowler is getting frustrated with Ricky Fowler. I mean. It's about fucking time, Ricky. Jesus Christ. Who is in danger of missing the Masters for the first time since 2010. And Nick Faldo responds, quote, good news if he misses the Masters, he could shoot another six commercials that week. Yeah. Just, I mean, yeah. At some point, it's like, you know, this guy is so marketable, but if he loses his spot in the game as one of the game's top players, like that stuff doesn't matter. Is Ricky marketable or have we tricked ourselves into thinking Ricky is marketable? I think Ricky was very marketable at one point, And I think he's losing that right now. I think Ricky's peak. I think the height of Ricky's marketability was when you were big on Ricky Fowler. Yeah. Like 2012 Ricky, like very early on days, the all orange, the, you know, crazy Bieber haircut. That that was when Ricky was really cool, and he's Who's lost that idiot a bit in the orange side. pants. It's the club. When champion. he was the young, <laughs> when he was the young, flashy guy, he was super marketable. <sighs> I don't, I don't know. I oh shit, almost dropped my beer, guys. But it's just, it, it's just exhausting talking about Ricky now. It's, it's exhausting in the same way. In how we talk about Rory, we just get exasperated. All right, our battery yeah, gets drained it's, it's really only quickly. So much you can say, yeah. Only, only so much you can take. Yeah, yeah. But um, Spieth coming back after taking last week off, I guess he probably had to because he couldn't even get into the field. But uh, which is kind of don't you think that the PGA Tour could have just made an exception, like? You can just put your fucking thumb on the scale. He's your he's your biggest star aside from Tiger Woods. Throw him in the WGC. Make an exception. Yeah, there, there is somewhat of an issue with the WGCs in the way that they're put together. Like, I'm sorry, but 
like Jordan Spieth is going to add more legitimacy to to a WGC than JC Ritchie. No disrespect to Mr. Ritchie and his exploits. I I'm not familiar with Mr. Ritchie's work personally, but I I just have a hunch in thinking that Jordan's going to push a couple more tickets. Yeah. I, I mean, at some point it's just like, what are we doing here? You know, exactly. What, what are we doing here? Because what the fuck are we doing? Where? I don't even know who JC Ritchie is. I saw a couple guys up the top of the leaderboard after the first day, like Wade Ormsby. I think I saw at concession was like hovering after the first day. I mean, I, the, the idea of the world golf championship is, is completely mixed up. Like what you should have is your top 50 players in the world plus notables. And you right. should be playing these events at actual golf courses around the world. Like that should be the idea right. of it. Not let's throw in the top like player from Zimbabwe and the top player from Sweden or whatever they're doing to get these. Hey, don't disrespect. Don't disrespect Zimbabwe. They had Nick Price. He got to number one in the world. They did, but it's just an example of a random country that sometimes gives you a good golfer. You, you need, you need to have notable guys in there. And if the world golf championship should be about playing golf in different countries and exposing other countries to viewership, not, not having these random guys and playing them in the U S and obviously this year is a different year, but Mike, there's what four WGCs per year and two of them are in the U S yeah. Three of them, three of them are in the U S. Yeah. Like what is the idea of that? Well, there's supposed to be two, but there's three this year. Like no, but is any two normally? Yes, exactly. Like, but to add to your point, like, Sean, do you think someone in in London or in or in South Africa is, you know, they have all the money in the world, they're traveling, and they're just like, oh, we should go to Memphis. Like, it's, I don't think anybody said WGC. Memphis and TPC Southwind is like a world city and a world golf course. What the fuck are we doing? Like, and- yeah, give us something to that that changes it up, that makes these events notable. And I understand that. So they had the they had a WGC kind of like in the early 2000s. I believe down in Australia, might have been at Royal Melbourne even. I know this this question was like popping up, especially after the, the President's Cup. We're like, God, why don't we have a fucking President's Cup down there? Because like Royal Melbourne is like the greatest course on planet Earth. But and then obviously people were saying like, well, one, nobody went down there. And two, you know, just uh, just for taxation reasons, like the money that you earn in Australia and that, that you bring back, Australia keeps like half of your earnings. So there's, okay. there's like, there's certain other like little intricacies that obviously make the issue more complicated, but, but why can't the PGA tour just put their thumb on the scale? Just be like, yeah, we're going here, whether you like it or not. I understand that you know, the PGA tour is like a player run organization, but swing your dick around a little bit. Well, if they, if they need to, to cut the event down, make it 30 guys and have the same prize money. Like you can do that. And then if you do that, people are going to have more guaranteed money in their pockets and they're going to be more willing to go and travel to obscure places. We see that with Saudi Arabia. Like these guys get this guaranteed money 
like, uh, you know, they're getting two, $3 million guaranteed yeah. some of the top guys or a couple hundred grand. And they're willing to make the trip because we don't need, we don't need those last 20 guys. Those are not, they're not moving right. any needles. Like we don't need to see those guys. Give us the top guys. Give me speed and make the, make them show up to Kenya and play a WGC or make them show up to Malaysia or wherever. Just, yeah, I want right. to see this actually take the form that it should be taking based on the title. Yeah, exactly. Like I, uh, Saudi Arabia is a great point. Obviously we all know that it's a very conspicuous place and group of people to be taking money from, but it's the principle of throw the fucking bag at them, give them, give them a reason or a financial incentive, a substantial one to make these guys want to show up and they're going to show up. Like yeah. we talked about, we talked about it with Chris Solomon and no laying up, like these guys fucking love money to, to a degree that they nobody really understands they love guaranteed money more than anything. Yeah. Who doesn't love guaranteed money? Like, yeah, when you, they're, I mean, they're just normal people. They like, if, if you said, if someone told you, Hey, I'll give you a minimum of a hundred grand to go travel to Malaysia and play this golf tournament, you're going to do it. Like it, it just, you're going to do that. You know, it, it's, it's as simple as that. People love like, guaranteed money. Like Jason Kokrak got 300 grand just for showing up and touching down in Saudi Arabia. Like that's the, that's the easiest six digits anybody could fucking get. Yeah. I, something has to change. Basically it comes down to something has to change. And I don't think the PGA tour is going to do anything about it. I don't think, I think they're perfectly fine with the way it is, which is frustrating. Yeah. It's a, it's PGA tour is too content with the status quo. I mean, they were talking about, I was listening to a podcast with uh, Eric Anders Lang and uh, Andy Johnson at the Friday today um, during my, during my practice session. And they were talking about just how, Everybody is too content with too content with the status quo. Nobody's going to kind of speak their voice. Like um, I think they were talking about it in the context with equipment, but here's the thing, like, and they were talking about the presentation of the tour and everybody kind of like as a character, everybody on the tour is, you know, this classy upstanding gentleman. They said, they essentially said, let's just say Adam Silver was running the PGA tour. Guess what would be happening every week? Brooks and Bryson would be in the same fucking group round one yeah. and round two. There'd be three extra broom mics. And guess what? He's going to make both of them wear a mic, mic on the golf course. Well, Mike, and I think that points to a big issue is the PGA Tour is a player run organization. Yes. That it's hard. It is. And uh, that's the heart. That's the, the main NBA, issue. The NBA is not like the NBA, although they have a, they have player organizations the commissioner ultimately has say and whatever the commissioner's ambitions are, that's, what's going to happen. And unfortunately, even if Jay Monahan wants something to happen, there's too much stuff. There's too much gridlock in the administration that it's just not going to happen. So exactly. The, the construction of the tour needs to change because it's so easy for these players to get complacent in what they're doing because it is the tour is set up to be easy for the players to partake in. 
Like it's easy for guys to travel to Memphis. Everyone's based out of the U S no yeah, one wants exactly. to go to some random country for a WGC, but yeah, that's probably what's going to pull more people in. And I mean, like this is, and this is what made made the PGL so intriguing. Like, and that's what made the PGL such like a, such an attractive proposition, not just for, not just for the players, because, you know, they're being thrown massive sums of cash. Um, but the fact that there was a product that seemed inherently different, trying to challenge the status quo and all honestly was not just completely oversaturating everything. Yeah. All right. So moving on from PGA tour libel and slander that we all firmly believe in because the PGA tour is kind of a piece of work. Sean, I, I need to get on to the LPGA tour because the, the course they're playing to this week is it's interesting to say the least. So I have no any, idea. I have no idea what's going on in the LPGA tour. So you're going to have to inform me here. <laughs> oh boy. You're going to love this. Are you familiar with the, uh, with Golden Acala uh, Golf and Equestrian Club? I've heard of it, I think. I know where so, Acala is. Sean, do you mind if I do a little show and tell and read the, uh, just read the website? Go for it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm already cracking myself up <laughs> because this is just so fucking outrageous. <laughs> for golf enthusiasts, Golden Acala Golf and Equestrian Club boasts a riveting 18-hole championship course designed by golf course architect Ron Garl. Are you familiar with the exploits of Mr. Garl? I'm not. Neither am I, so join the club. <laughs> this is where it, <laughs> Off to a this, hot start. This is where it gets great. The majestic course at the Golden Acala incorporates eight masterfully <laughs> tribute holes recreated from some of the world's finest golf courses. So it's a template golf course. It's it's a knockoff golf course. Of what it is, is what it is. I hate these template knockoff courses. So so this Come is where it's something original. It's the best. So <laughs> recreated tribute holes from some of the world's finest golf courses, including Augusta National Golf Club. In parentheses, quote home of the Masters Tournament. Thanks, Captain Obvious. Royal Troon Golf Club, Baltusrol Golf Club, which is very perplexing choice. It doesn't even say which course it is, the upper or the lower. There's 36 golf court. There's 36 golf holes at Baltusrol. Uh, Muirfield Village Golf Club in Scotland. So the mega typo, because Muirfield Village is in fucking Ohio. That's Jack's place. We're talking Muirfield. <laughs> <laughs> it's just and yeah, they... and of course St Andrews. It's <laughs> What are we fucking doing? Like, this is. Yeah, I mean, get more cliche. Like, in a re- way, like, really, I, I implore uh, you to get more cliche than that. In a way, this is just like, ah. Uh, in some weird way, I'm like trying to convince myself this is sexism because the men are not going to be playing this fucking golf course in where they're playing a knockoff of the twelfth at Augusta. Yeah, I mean, like. Sean, I'm going to send you this picture in the group chat. Like, it's just the, or in the Zoom chat, it's it's just a knockoff of fucking 
a fucking 12 at Augusta, the Swilton Bridge. Oh, it's it's all over the place. It truly is. And apparently, like, half the golf course is just tribute holes. None of them are original. Yeah, that's that's horrible. <laughs> but It doesn't even look like 12 at Augusta. I know. The bridge is on That's the wrong the thing, side. Is if, if, you, if you're going to do a tribute course, it should it be right. exact. Like, I don't want to see holes inspired by it because that's just using a, a bullshit excuse, like stealing the idea of a hole and then like lazily making it, you know, like kind of using the basic idea of it. If you're going to go for it, you have to go all in. It has to be exact. I want to see slopes in the greens green shape green size everything exactly the same uh it's so good because on the page they have flyovers of every hole <laughs> like the, if you go to the hole six it's just a complete knockoff of 16 at augusta it's so good i'm going to hole six right now oh my god <laughs> it's so outrageous. it really is it really is <laughs> oh my god I, I mean, I'm probably the only one out of all of us that pro- that finds it like this funny, but it is also it's also kind of insulting in a way. Yeah, so I can tell you're you're hyped for the LPGA this week. I'm listen, my my eyes are going to be glued to the TV because I'm I'm interested to see how Golf Channel spins this. Like, oh, look at this wonderful tribute. I'm like, it's just a complete disgrace. What what's the uh, name of the tournament this week? It uh, I think it's the I think it's the Diamond Resorts or something. It's a new it's a new tournament, the Drive On Championship. Oh, okay. It's the Drive On Championship. Okay. Uh, Diamond Diamond Resorts was the one with the par three finishing and the and the terrible the celebrities, right? Uh, celebrities is generous. I don't know if Kevin Millar is a celebrity. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a notable figure. Celebrity celebrity might be flattering him. Yeah, probably like an E-list guy. <laughs> so, okay, I we bounce over to to one side of Orlando. Let's go back to the other side. Sean, who's your who's your pick to win this week? Pick to win. Um, I I want to say it's Jordan Speed. Like I want to so bad, but I just feel like this is not great golf course for him to make his return on i think i think rory could get it done this week i think rory could get it no 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 don't say this don't say this don't say this and i've been stupid harsh on rory i've been so harsh on him and i've said rightfully rightfully so he can't close you know what no i'm I'm not picking rory i'm not picking rory i can't Uh, i can't even okay I'm gonna take. Uh, I'm gonna pick Fitzpatrick this week. Oh, you're a dick. You're a dick. That's my pick. Great. He's been playing my great pick. golf. Fuck. He plays so well at hard golf courses too. Like I it, know. This, it really sets up perfect for him. That's exactly why I was gonna pick him because he he's a dick. He's the dictionary definition of a mutter. When the going yeah. gets tough, the tough gets going, and he's and he strives. Do I have there's to change my pick? There's really only. Does this mean really I have to change? Like six guys that could win this tournament. I feel like. Uh, I guess so. Does this mean I have to change my pick now that you 
that you claim Maddie fits. I mean, you can make the same pick. You can make the same pick if you want, but but here's the thing: my cousin fits. But here's the thing: let's say Fitzpatrick wins. I don't want to share the spoils. No. Oh. So that's on you. I mean, don't give me first pick next time. Well, I. I mean, there's like a hundred some odd guys in the field. I mean, I the odds of you picking the same guy were pretty low, and you just happen to well, pick the same fucking guy. That's what I'm saying. Like six guys that can win this tournament: Terrell Hatton. I'm looking at Victor Hovland, Billy Horschel. Um, the way Max <sighs> Home was playing, he could win. Rory could win, and I think Fitzpatrick could win. And that's pretty much it. Bryson could win too. I, I, like think Bri- I think Bryson might get out over his skis and just completely eject. Um, totally could. I think Paul Casey could also win. He's been playing. Oh, really well. I, I, I feel like I, this is the perfect Paul Casey tournament. It today. is a Paul Casey golf course. I, it's I, such I, a Paul Casey tournament. And I don't know how to describe that either. Like, I don't know what that means, but it's just tough. a Paul Casey golf tournament. It really is. Tough but fair, ball sp- Ball striking is an extra incentive. Uh, the golf course yeah. does absolutely nothing for you. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, it just reminds me a little bit of of uh, Valspar, where he's had a lot of success. So, is Bay Hill Paul Casey in golf course form? It probably is. If it you get what is. I'm saying, it I kind of is. the only the only course that could be more fitting for that title is Valspar. Is is uh, whatever it is, Copperhead, TPC Copperhead, or whatever that is. Innisbrook. Copperhead, of course. Oh, God. Uh, what a, what a fucking place that is. Yeah, that place is the quintessential Paul Casey golf course. Just I'm kind of feeling tight. I'm kind of feeling Hideki this week. Really? Hideki, Hideki around the greens last week was absolutely lights out, chipped and put the sh- Chipped and put the shit out of it, but he was absolutely awful off the tee. So if he straightens that out, we we could be in green light territory. Yeah, I mean he's this is a ball striker's golf course, and like this that guy absolutely just stripes the ball. So I really wouldn't be surprised if he finds his ball striking again. And yeah, if his short game stays hot, he'll he'll probably run away with the golf tournament because he's that good of a ball striker and that shitty of a putter. Yeah. Oh, he's an awful putter. But the more I watched him last week, I kind of understood Chris's point where he's like, he has a pure stroke, but he couldn't hit a cow's no. ass with a fucking banjo. <laughs> where, where do you even come up with that stuff, Mike? You heard that statement no that's not something i hear day to day it is something that everybody has at least said once in their life i'm Mm -hmm. sure i'm sure if we asked the constituency of the chili dip pod listeners they'd say i've heard someone say i couldn't hit a cow's ass with a banjo or couldn't hit a barn door with a banjo let's i've heard i've only heard i couldn't hit a barn door with a banjo from you and this is the first time i've heard can't hit a cow's ass with a banjo. And it's also from you. And it happens to be from you. <laughs> I think we need to put out a poll on. I, I was about to say, we should do an Instagram poll. And see actually like who said that. Because I, I think you, you're making that up and you're completely delusional. I think, I think the listeners are going to side with me. 
I think you're smoking crack or something. I, <laughs> uh, I just want to mention, Mike, real quick. Will Zalatoris is in the field. I'd he loved- hate to. I'd hate to not mention Will Zalatoris because he's at this here. at this point he's always going to be in the field. He's getting a sponsor's exemption after a sponsor's exemption. Yeah, he's like, I know that he's a Web.com tour member and he has special temporary exemption. But what is he like, forty eighth in the world now? Of course, you kind of are obligated to give him a sponsor's exemption. Yeah, he should be first on the list of sponsor's exemptions every single week. Like every single week, no matter what, <laughs> he should be number one getting a sponsor's. It should be written in stone. I mean, the guy's gonna go to the Masters. And he's a web.com yeah. tour player. The last time I could think of that happening was what, John Peterson in 2013? I have no idea. Because <laughs> John Peterson, because John Peterson finished like T third at the US Open one year out okay. of like complete nowhere. But Zal Torres is also a far better player than John Peterson. Yeah. And is gonna stay on the PJ tour just out of merit. Yeah. I so uh, you're going you're going with Hideki and you've decided it's Hideki. Uh, I'm, I think I'll go with Hideki because do I truly think he's going to win? Probably not. But if he, but will I be surprised if he wins? No. Yeah, I think that's fair. That's fair to put it. I could totally see him lifting the trophy on Sunday, but it's probably not going to happen. I, I'd i be happy to see, see Hideki lift the, tro- lift the trophy. Like, if we if this was like 2016 and 2017, I'd just be like, ah, Hideki. Like, you know, the guy's the guy's kind of a robot, but like he also yeah. does have a little bit of a hot streak. Yeah, I'm a little indifferent towards Decky. I I've I mean, I don't know. It's he's not like super entertaining to watch play because he's just kind of boring, like just hits it up there on the green and probably gonna two pot every hole. How would I say it? He's almost so boring that it's kind of compelling. Yeah, that that is also true. It's like, it's just like, how, like, how do you have no emotion? Like, you're built, you're built like a brick shit house. Yet I've never, I haven't seen you smile. I don't think I've seen what your eyes look like. You have the mat, you have those awful Oakleys on, and you can't, <laughs> and you can't putt for shit. Like, aren't you gonna be mad? Mike, it, let's just put it like this. If either one of us were to play golf like Hideki Matsuyama, we would drive ourselves insane. We would be oh. we would be thrown into the loony bin. I oh, mean, my God. With how our mental games are, I, I wouldn't be able to handle it. I wouldn't be able to handle it just seeing myself two and three putt every hole. I mean, he really <laughs> is. He's like two five every year in strokes and potting like i don't oh just God. can't be fun when you're that good at hitting a golf ball i think we should i th- i think i might have pitched this to chris last week was um do you remember that twitter account did steven drew get a hit during the world series and in 2013 well and there's a there's an account called when will hideki win or it's will hideki win i think on twitter oh i i think i think it should be will hideki did hideki make a putt and it's just <laughs> no 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 but that but like with the caveat that this is all like outside of 10 feet yeah yeah like because he could he, he doesn't make putts no he doesn't make putts Ah, uh, so so we slandered 
the PGA Tour, and we slandered a decky. I think that's everybody on our hit list. Yeah, we usually cover it. We usually cover those bases every week. Actually, I have one more point of business. Did you see uh, Ryan Lavner's article on Matt Wolf? No. Uh, I think we should talk a little bit of Wolf before we go. Because we, me and Chris, we got boiled down in the uh, in the Dennis Rodman chat of last week. And I mean, which is which is fair. I mean, Dennis Rodman's Dennis Rodman's a superstar. He's the needle. He's gonna he's gonna attract eyes, and he attracted our eyes last week. But it was a sin. So Wolf shot what 82, 83, completely ejected and withdrew, and. We were completely boiling in the group chat on Thursday because one, it looks like a soft move and he did sort of something similar at Torrey Pines um, a couple weeks prior to that. Then Lavner kind of came out with an article, you know, saying that maybe Wolf is not, not necessarily in the best headspace, you know, with the pandemic, you know, guys are traveling week to week you're staying in hotel rooms. It's kind of, it can be kind of lonely and it's even more lonely now due to the fact that you go out, play your practice round, play your, play your tournament round, and then you kind of sit back in your hotel room and do nothing, which I am totally empathetic to, you know, I've had anybody who knows me, I've had my mental health struggles and I've experienced that same sort of burnout playing tournament golf, traveling around where it's just like, eh, this is like, isn't exactly the most enjoyable thing on planet earth. However, I don't want to give him, I have trouble giving him too much rope and saying like, I don't think we should say that it's an excuse for a kind of WDing out of a tournament after playing bad because one it's not necessarily going to build any character. We talked about that in our, in our post pebble pod and two, like he was just for withdrawing. He still collected like a $30,000 check. Like, yeah, I don't have an, as much of little... an issue with the check, but I think it is problematic. Like e- either, either go all in on like taking a break and getting over whatever he's going through right now and don't play for a couple months. Or you got to play your way through it. There's no like showing up to tournaments. Oh, I played bad. I'm going to withdraw. It's just going to, it's going to snowball. Like you can't keep doing that every week. You at least have to give yourself a chance. He's got three more rounds, right? You shot 83 right. in the first round. You got three more rounds to go out and play better. Like he, he will, he's a good player. He'll shoot under par at least one of those days. Probably You'd like to think so. a couple of those. I think he would. I think he would turn it around. So I mean, either, either, either don't show up or or play your way through it. That's the two ways I see it. And I think in this case, it would have been beneficial for Matt to just not show up. Because if he is going through a mental health struggle, I mean, he's a young guy, right? Like he's a young guy out there on the PGA Tour. And he's really only known life on the tour in the pandemic. So it's That's probably- That's true. That's a very good point. It's probably a little bit lonely. Like I, I could, and a, a guy like Wolf, like you know, he's he's clearly a talkative, friendly guy. Likes to interact with people, and I think he needs to be around people to thrive. So I think he should take some time off. He, he's he's just burnt out. I don't know if he needs to necessarily take time off, but like you made a great point that he he's primarily known 
PGA Tour life in a pandemic in a once in a lifetime sort of setting. And also along with that, he's my age. He's technically still quote unquote supposed to be a senior in college. Yeah. Like that's a uh, very, yeah, it's, it's easy to a, forget. That's a very formative time in your life and where you're still kind of going through a maturing process. And Mike, it, let me pose this question to you. If there were fans at all of these tournaments, say it would say it was normal. Like, you know, he has fans at all the tournaments in, don't even include the social aspect of the tour, right? The fact that right. he's probably not interacting with other players, just fans alone. I think, I think just fans alone would, would make this easier for Will. I don't think he would have gotten nearly as burnt out. I think he's a guy that definitely gets a boost out of the fans energy. And without that, it's got to feel more lonely out there during, and you, during a tournament round. I, I absolutely agree with that. And I, and this is not to sound sort of like, unempathetic that this is just sort of to play devil's advocate, but I think everybody on the PGA tour to a certain extent, you know, feeds off the fans. Rory has been very vocal about that saying that he has had trouble kind of cultivating that intrinsic motivation without the fans. I think he talked about that in the last time during the playoffs, but I think so what this kind of, you know, told everybody at the beginning or just kind of like off the get-go said, oh, he's the clear third in that group with him, Hovland and Morikawa, which I absolutely do think he is. And the point that I was going to make at, at, at some, in the pod, in the group chat was he really only succeeds on like long, soft, you know, slogs of golf courses. But then I felt like I kind of invalidated myself making that point because I said, well, he played really well on big stage tournament at big stage tournaments in the PGA championship. And he was in the final group on Sunday at the U S open. So he's kind of this weird puzzle to, to decipher. Yeah. Cause yeah. He, Cause he like either he shows up at like three M in the rocket mortgage, but at those like really, really, really big end, big end events he rears his head and he and he plays like a legitimate role it's not like he's playing some bit like some bit part role yeah i think i think wolf could could easily follow and i don't think to this extent but he could be kind of a similar style guy to dj like we see dj go through these cycles where he shoots like 78 in a tournament, like a couple days. Like he'll, he can easily shoot high seventies, low eighties in a tournament. And then three weeks later be dominating or be right by the lead. And I think Wolf could follow that model a little bit. He's just seems like he's the most variable out of the three guys. Like Hovland is easily the most consistent. He's up there every single week. Oh, he's a walking is a little bit. Yeah, Morikawa is a little bit more golf course dependent because his game's not going to fit on every golf course. Like yeah, because he doesn't have the length. He doesn't hit it far enough to compete at certain courses. But Wolf, on the other hand, I, I think he's less golf course dependent. I just think it's more like what his focus is that week, uh, how his swing's feeling, how he's hitting his driver, and 
how he hits his wedges. Like, I think it really just depends on how his game decides to be that week and how his head decides to be. I think that's the one thing that just to the naked eye really separates those Wolf from those other two in sort of bad, in sort of the bad way. I know we all always shit on like Hoplin's chipping. He said, like, my chipping well this year. Yeah, I thought he's chipped pretty well this this year as well. He says that like his chipping sucks. It's that and the other Cowan set, like ranked him zero out of 10. But I think, you know, Wolf's chipping and wedge play is not exactly what you would expect out of a tour player. You know, around the greens, he's not great. Inside of 125 yards, I think he spins the ball too much. Yeah. Um, and I mean, like you see his chipping action. It's, it's not, it's not something that you, you teach anybody. I mean, there's a lot of leading edge in there, but I think that's also what makes, you know, PGA tour golf and golfers so fascinating is that they have these patterns that aren't exactly prescribed, but they make it work. And, and it's taken them to, and it's taken them to the big leagues. And then, I mean, that's also a testament to Matt Wolf to Matt Wolf's ability. Matt Wolf is one of the most talented players in the PGA tour. And I don't think anybody's going to disagree with that. Yeah. And he can certainly make his technique work. Like we've seen, he, he, we've seen that he can do it. Like he, he can win, he can compete out there on the PGA tour. And I think all of all aspects of his game, the skepticism's gone. We know oh, 100% holds up. We know his technique is fine. Like it's proven to be good. He's made his way up to the top 20 in the world rankings. So, and, natu- and naturally, like, we were all going to come in with an increased dose of skepticism because of the swing, because of the mechanics, because of his affiliation with George Gankus and, and the hype coming out of college. He's proved all – he's proved that there's, you know, a method behind the madness. You know, his methods work, and it's brought him success at every level. It is unbelievable, too, because – he was getting comparisons to Furyk like right out, out of the gates. Like, oh, his backswing looks like Jim Furyk's. He gets it really vertical across the line, whatever. And but it's meant to be in like is, some really derogatory sort of like, like sort of like mean way almost. Potentially. But I think a lot of people are saying, oh, well, Jim Furyk, he doesn't have a lot of speed. Like he can, he can do this and he can get away with it because his misses aren't going to be as errant as Matt Wolf's are, who's one of the longest guys out there. Yeah, but, but Matt Wolf's an athlete. But Wolf is an athlete. He's proven to hit it straight with that swing and that much speed. So we know it's going to work. Like it, it's it's now proven. It's just a matter of how sharp his game is week to week and how his I think it's really comes down to like how focused he is and what his headspace is like. Yeah, I you know I, I I would love to see what um, friend of the pod Dr. Craig Carton has to say about it. I'm sure there's certain things that he may or may not be able to say just because Matt Wolf is not is not his client. But I would definitely love to see you know how how you deal with a player's off the course issues and sort of you know feelings of isolation and lack of and lack of social contact how that bleeds into uh how that bleeds into your on on the course play especially at such a young age 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's really all I have to say. That's, uh, I think about it. I'm out of stuff for today. I think. Yeah. I mean, they're honestly not a whole lot going on. Just prepping for this week. Uh, yeah, it should be, it should be fun. Nice lead up to the players and what do we have that in three weeks, two weeks, we have one event in between and then, and then the players, I think. I thought so, the players was next week. Or it could be next week. I don't know. I don't know. I'm so. And I'm not fast enough to type with one hand to find it. <laughs> I'm still, we'll I'm still thrown off by, I'm still thrown off by the fact that it's in March now. It is. It is really throwing me off. And I mean, who, who could say, who knows? Like it could be, <laughs> could be three weeks from now. could be next week. My right hand's not fast enough. I hate, I hate to break it to you listeners, but. All right, we'll Chili Dippers. Chili Dippers, before we go, want to say thank you for listening. Um, if you like what you hear, uh, leave, leave a review on whatever podcast platform that, that you're listening to us on, preferably preferably on Apple Podcasts. Uh, that will just help us reach a bigger audience and share it with your friends as well. Um, that's really all I have to say. Thank you guys so, so much for for listening to us along the way. And I hope you join join us in praying for a return of the chain smokers of the players. <laughs> Follow us on TikTok. Bye. Bye. I hit a chili dip. It was off the it was off the hosel. I mean Cameron Davis is a joke. Mike, you got any yeah. takes on the e-golf pro tour? You already have iron <laughs> covers. You already look like a giant <laughs> pussy. <laughs> I don't care. I honestly don't give a shit. He could be six feet under at this point, whoever WD. I didn't watch a single bit of it, but I'm going to chirp at the Fairmont St. Andrews because of the name. Paul Tesori. Paul Tesori, friend of the pod. Neiman, friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Yeah. Friend of the pod, Aunt Betsy. Terrell Haddon, are you kidding me? And there is a raccoon, no joke, like 20 feet away. Florida. Say Florida, I'm hanging. No! You can't say Florida!